Today's episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast is brought to you by Chill Boys, the official underwear sponsor of our show. Dirt Balls, stop putting up with those sweaty, itchy, binding underwear. Our friends at Chill Boys are here to help you out. They offer three style options, and they will not disappoint. The amazing Chill Boys Bamboo Boxers, the Performance Boxers, and the Boxer Briefs. All available at chillboys.com. It's time to upgrade your undies, boys. Use discount code DIRTY20 at chillboys.com to save 20% on your first order. That's DIRTY20 to save 20% on your first order at chillboys.com. Go ahead, do that right now. It's hot. It's muggy. Let your balls breathe. Chillboys.com. Promo code DIRTY20. Save 20%. Let's start the show. Welcome to, welcome to the Journey Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Journey Sports Podcast. With Andy Ruther and Joe Prano Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast I am your host, Andy Ruther Coming to you live from the Smut Studio In muggy, hot Venice Beach, California With my co-host, Joey No Chill Prano Hello, Andrew Good morning. Good morning. Man, the heat, bro. It's out of control. It's too hot. You know, and, and we're out, we're over here on the west side. I can't imagine being one of those people who live in like the valley or live in Arizona right now or live in Vegas. I mean, I realize that the west side of LA, uh air conditioners aren't aren't as uh common cuz it doesn't quite get this hot over here, but yeah. damn, it's too much. Sure. Yeah, well, you're going with the full Minshew. It's Minshew mania in here, and now that you have the headphones on, covering even just the top part of the hair, you just look like you're some sort of balding old lady. <laughs> you look like you look like an elderly European woman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wear this when I run sometimes. Keeps the hair out. The hair, just everything. You were just laughing at me before we started the show. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's just so hot, it's so hot. I'm like, yeah, dude, you got got long hair. I've been there. I've had I had the long hair for a while. It gets gets hot. But you and were laughing, and then your shirt came off. You were taking your shirt off just to adjust the camera and stuff like that. It's, it's a fun morning. So, and also, you kind of look like a you look like a child star. It's like all small with your weird long hair, and I'm yeah. so hairy right now. Like no time to groom. I shouldn't say no time. Everything's shut down. Yeah. The woman who grooms me has basically been. Is that somebody's somebody's getting their uh, their grooming done outside? Yeah. Just a heavy sawing of their body hair. <laughs> Can you imagine doing the work that this guy's doing right now? I mean, bro, I- I'm gonna relax. Okay. I'm gonna relax. <laughs> Every time you go to speak. He he cuts some uh, 
Cut some metal. How long can we do this before we close the window? It will be so hot in here. It seems like now's the time. <laughs> you want me to close it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the other option is. Okay, I'm closing it. Uh, this is fun. The Smut Studio. I'm going to move the Smut Studio to a more quiet part of town. The, the craziness that is Savage Town these days. Venice is falling apart, and meanwhile, they're putting new countertops in at Savage Town. Got to get it. Got to get these places nice for the new tenants. For who? Who's moving in here? That's a great question. Who are these people? I don't know. It's a weird. It'd be a weird place to move if if I was looking for a place right now. Yeah. Hey, what's what's the deal here? Well, we've got a we've got a homeless village outside. <laughs> A lot of criminals, thieves, drug addicts in the building. So all in all, it's a good spot. Right by the beach. We got a pool. We have meth head soup every day in the hot tub. The grill now looks like a meth head. The grill the grill is just I I'm over it. Done. Can't do it. I mean, there was five grills when I moved here. Now there's one. There's one left? There's one. Why? They just got rid of them? The cheap-ass owners, dude. But what do you do with an old grill that was here for 10 years? You sell it on the internet? They, they refurbished the grills within the time I've been here. And then they just got rid of them. Anyway, I don't want to go down that. It's hot. The windows are closed. We're going to have to get through this. We're going to have to do a 40-minute episode. 20. 25. <laughs> 15. Got. We do have a lot of sports to talk. Where are we starting, Andy? So much to talk about. NFL, NBA, MLB. We can start with either the NBA. Yeah. I mean, it's playoff basketball right now. Yeah. This is, you know, we're in preseason football. We're in midseason baseball. But we're in playoff basketball. We got to start. We got to start with the important stuff and the important stuff, the headline news. Yeah. And, and this is the definition of. Anything is possible this playoffs. Yeah. And I said that uh, the bubble is going to change everything. There's no home court advantage. There's, you know, this is going to favor the stronger shooting teams because of the small gym feel. Um, Like so many teams just greatly affected. I mean, look at the trailblazers by having two and a half months off. I mean, Nurkic is back and healthy. Like, you, you have a two-and-a-half-month break in the middle of the season. You come back, you play in a small gym. You come back, you play without fans and no sort of home court advantage whatsoever. Like, truly anything is possible. I want to reiterate. I tweeted this. You've said it multiple times. I have to reiterate. Seating does not matter. It does not matter. I don't want to hear about... One's losing to eights, seven's beating twos, whatever it is. Seeding does not matter when there's... Because there's no home court. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But people need to realize this. The Lakers playing the Blazers or the Mavs playing the Clippers, like, it doesn't matter when there's no home court. Right. Essentially, you have to look at the bubble season as its own season. Like, the idea of judging, you know the Mavericks or the Blazers or the, you know, any of these six, seven, eight seed teams of judging them on being a low seed 
because of what they did prior to the bubble is ridiculous because it's two and a half months that they didn't play. So they're totally different teams. 100%. In a totally different environment. Yeah. And it's so true, especially a team like the Blazers had all that time off to get healthy. They got a full team back. So the notion that they're an eight seed is kind of bullshit. Well, they're an eight seed, but, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. For, for What does that mean? The, it, like, they're not. They're not playing on a, a way like they didn't play game one on the road. They didn't steal a road win in game in game one. Yeah, it's just going to be you know six games or seven games or whatever it is on a neutral site court. One team that got healthy during the break. One team that lost guys for COVID reasons and for health reasons and whatever. So it's it's I think it's certainly leveled the playing field, and and if you look at it, the Bucks lost. The Lakers lost. The uh, Clippers lose last night. The Clippers could easily be down 2-0. Easily. They, they, were, they went on a big run to start game one. After that run, the Mavs outplay them for the rest of the game with Perzingis out the majority of the time. They come out last night. They beat them. It's going to be a... A whole playoff series is determined by players who get hot and players who can shoot well. And you look at, I mean, Luka has been playing great. He's a total X factor. Dame Lillard has been playing great. He's a total X factor. You you look around the league, any totally anything is possible. I mean, you know, the Sixers lose Ben Simmons. They're down 2-0, so that hasn't even been close. They haven't even been in a game yet. Yeah. They've given up. Yeah. I think it's obvious. Barkley was talking about that on uh, inside the NBA after the. It's true. Philadelphia has given up. Meanwhile, everybody the whole time was Ken Embiid and Simmons play together. Ken Embiid and Simmons play together, and now you're seeing Embiid with the, without Simmons, and it's terrible. Yeah, it's, I mean he's been playing fine, but but he's been playing fine. And a team that's been playing great and it is now what nine and one since the bubble started. Is Toronto? Yeah, and not many people were talking about them. They're playing great team basketball. Yeah, and and that is a great example of a team that maybe they didn't have the star. They're obviously the defending champs. They lose Kawhi. Maybe they don't have the star power coming into this. But the bubble levels that playing field a little bit. Where yes, if you have a Blazers team where a couple guys are playing well and you have a superstar. You're gonna be you're gonna be playing great, but if you surround one superstar, with, let me look at the Lakers. LeBron played fantastic in Game One. A- Anthony Davis played okay. Everybody else played dog shit, and they lose to that team. The Raptors are very very balanced. Yes, they have a lot. Like they just are. It's a role player bonanza. Lakers are in trouble, even if they get by this round. Their their non-stars have looked awful in the bubble. No one stepping up. No one. I've never seen a team miss so many wide-open threes as I did in game one. I mean, that is really the Lakers' main issue. It's for, forget shooting poorly from three. I, and I tweeted it during the game. 
LeBron James is the greatest passer in the history of the NBA, in my opinion, and I don't really think it's that close. You have guys like Nash and Magic Johnson who had vision, who who probably had the best court vision I've ever seen. Those two, those two guys in all my days watching the NBA saw guys cutting and saw guys going to the basket that you like it, it was superhuman to see. But LeBron's ability with his strength to be on one side of the court, and he's LeBron James, so the rest of the defense starts to cheat over what he does. His ability and his strength to go from one side of the court fully across the court, skipping the whole defense, not skipping one pass, but skipping two passes to a player and getting them wide open shots is what, to me, makes him the greatest passer of all time. And these guys are missing. I mean, LeBron had 16, I believe, assists in game one. If Danny Green, if Kuzma, if these guys hit just the shots where they have four feet of space between them and the closest defender, does he have 25 assists in game one? I'm not talking about, oh, if they hit all their shots. If they hit just what would be considered wide open shots, does LeBron have 25 assists? I mean, well, it, it's to the point from watching. If these guys don't start hitting their shots, he's got to just take over scoring. And honestly, I think he'll have to do that if Anthony Davis is going to be a soft 28. Like, Anthony Davis scored 28 points, but so many of them were like outlet pass dunks. Uh, LeBron feeding him with a great pass in traffic that he just gets to put in for a layup or dunk. Not very many times in that game did Anthony Davis get the ball in the post or in the high post or on, you know, in even on the outside and say, like, I'm scoring here. And that is where I think the Lakers are in trouble as well. You don't have Anthony Davis making people help no one's going oh we're Anthony Davis is killing us does Anthony I'll say this I don't know yet if Anthony Davis has that dog mentality you look on the other end you look at Damian Lillard he has that dog mentality of I am going to go off I'm going to take over I don't see it from Anthony Davis and he should because he's that good and I think that, you know, the issue is when you're getting the easy buckets, when LeBron's getting you the easy buckets, and to the point where you still finish the game with 28 points, to the point where you have 21 in the first half, how does that not get you going to say, oh, I'm feeling, I'm going to take over a little bit? Like, you look at this, I know you've been very uh, high on what Dwight Howard's brought to this team this year, but if Dwight Howard has all of, Anthony Davis uh, Davis's minutes in game one. And he gets all those easy buckets. Like, how many does Dwight Howard finish with? 25 points? Like, what did Dwight Howard finish with as it is? You know, like, to me, it just seems like Anthony Davis, He, I'm glad you got the easy ones, but also make something happen on your own. Dominate. You're, you're seven feet tall. You have an outside shot. Dominate some guys on your own because here's the thing. LeBron's done it his whole career where he's like, give me one guy, give me some. But the shooters aren't there. 
So Anthony Davis has to play at that level where it's like, give me the Kyrie game every once in a while. Give me the game where you're like, damn, man. Well, he went off. And, and LeBron will carry the load the rest of the way. And don't settle for threes. I saw him settle a few times. Anthony Davis should not be shooting more than three or four threes a game. Max, don't settle. Um, the Blazers are the most fun team to watch, though. I, I mean, I, I'd argue I, I enjoy watching Dallas. the Mavs a little bit more. Uh, but I honestly really like watching Denver, too. Both those teams. Blazers, Mavericks, probably the most fun teams to watch. And again, I think you have guys who can be the man, obviously, in like Dame or Luka, but you also have great side pieces to complement them. And you also have good coaching. Yeah. That that's that's the thing. When you look at Portland, that's you know, he's he's coached them up. I mean, you you we saw a number of times the uh the Dame from the top to Nurkic, back to Dame on the like mini mini alley oop, the mini give and go alley oop. That's a play. It worked multiple times for them. Uh, that's good coaching. Have a couple, like have three, four, five set pieces, and just run them. And then also have superstars. Also have a McCollum who can get a shot anytime he wants. Uh, Nurkic, besides LeBron, Nurkic had the best all around basketball game. I thought. Yeah. Uh, Lillard obviously doing the majority of the scoring, but Nurkic is doing everything. He's rebounding. He's playing defense. He's passing. Uh, he's scoring. He's getting the easy buckets. Like he was playing the best all-around game of anybody on the floor besides LeBron James. Who's the most in trouble? The Lakers, the Bucks, or the Clippers? Because I I say again, the Clippers could easily be down two zero. Uh, I think the Lakers or Bucks. Probably the Lakers for me. You don't. You have no fear for the Clippers being. I mean, no. I think they're too deep. I, I think. I think. Good chance that goes six or seven. I mean, they could easily be down two zero. They could. And I think that they another. That's another example of. I think they have a decided coaching advantage. I think Rick Carlisle is a uh, Rick Carlisle is a significantly better coach than Doc Rivers. The Bucks have also played like shit. In the bubble, overall. Yeah. Like you said earlier, it's a second season. It's a new season. They don't look good. And Giannis is dominant, but like if you look statistically, because we'll probably win another MVP, and I know it's just one game, and they lost last year. Um. Or did they lose the first? No, no, no. I don't think that's game I, I, one. I'm but. thinking of Orlando beating Toronto in game one last year. I just, again, like, I feel like these teams that are more well-rounded that play better as a unit versus the star thing are, are teams that are going to play well. And, and the thing about the underdogs is, guys, they have nothing to lose, right? Like, like when you have no home court advantage— and I, and I go again with this small gym feel. You you know, in a small gym, in practice, anybody can dominate. Like, yeah. the, there are stories, I'm sure, going back as far as basketball history of the second unit on a team beating the shit out of the first. Like, I will guarantee you there were days that the Kerr, you know, fucking – 
run unit on the Bulls, like, gave it to Michael Jordan, where Kerr just was feeling himself. Like, that is a story as old as time in basketball. The second unit just bawling out in practice. And this is it's a it's that small gym feel. Yeah. No, it it really is. It, it it's kind of like you're going to have more confidence in your backyard. At least I would than I have playing in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. It's 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 like when you watch the dunk contest. First dunk these guys pull out, you go, bro, it wasn't even cl- like, did you even practice this? And he's like, yeah, I was hammering it for the last three weeks in practice. Sure, you know, it's, it is. A, there are so many factors here that totally level the playing field, and that's what I think makes it so exciting. I think it's going to be awesome. Well, I love the idea of some of these teams losing. I love it. Yeah, fuck it, let's get wild. It would be wild if the two L.A. teams went down early. If it weren't for Carmelo being on the Trailblazers and the way idiots are still like doing this mellow slurping, goes three for 11 with 11 points, still plays you know, the worst Matador defense I've ever seen. Uh, people going like, a mellow apology card. Three for 11, 11 points. This is, this is our mellow thing. If it weren't for him, I'd be rooting for the Blazers. I love McCollum. I love Lillard. I love Nurkic. I, I mean, if it weren't for fucking Melo out there, I'd be like, good, let him beat the Lakers. I mean, I'm a LeBron stan, but my thing is always everybody wants to jump into this realm of like, oh, well, if LeBron loses to the AT, it's like, guys, what else do you want him to do? I, I think there's like never been a game like that or something in playoffs. Like he had – uh, across the board, he was like in the realm of high teens, low twenties in all three of the of the categories of his triple double. It's like, what else do you want LeBron James to do? He can only get Danny Green, who's a sharpshooter, so many wide open threes. They're, I hate to go like I said yesterday. They're in trouble. I hate to go full Giselle, but he can't make passes that get guys wide open and shoot it for them too. They're in trouble, man. Lakers are in trouble. I mean, I need you to say it. I need you to say they're going to lose. So that I'm not can, saying it because I'm, I don't because like making— Because then they'll end up in the NBA Finals. So we need that Ruther curse. I don't like making predictions. I just think they're in serious trouble. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> you force these predictions on me. You literally, you literally will make predictions no one asked you to make and set stakes like shoving pieces of wood up your ass that no one asked you to make. Oh, totally on your own. Since when are you not a predictor guy? I don't know. I can't make predictions in the bubble. Anything is possible. It's too hard. I'm just going to enjoy the ride while I'm here. Uh, look, like I said, I am rooting. I love chaos, and I love bubble basketball chaos. If it weren't for Melo, I'd be rooting for all upsets all day. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the biggest Mavs fan in the world right now. I, like, I'm such a Mavs fan. They're fun to watch. Luca is on his way to being the best player in basketball. But but not ju- but not just Luca. If you watched that game last night, they actually extended the lead when Luca sat. Yeah, all the guys were contributing. Trey Burke, former like how many former Knicks? I mean, the, let's let's talk about just the Mavs. The Mavs are basically run. So, set Luca aside. Perzingis, Hardaway, Hardaway Jr. 
uh, Trey Burke. So you have three. Yeah. It's a fucking former Knicks thing. And we got Dennis Smith Jr., which every fucking idiot Knicks fan was like coming in their pants about. Cool dunk contest fail. Yeah, they're good, and they're going to be good. And they have a nice... Both the Blazers and the Mavs have a great core for the future. Yeah. Really great cores for the future. The European... What's crazy about the Europeans is they're one of those guys, when you watch the Europeans, when you watch somebody like Luca play... And by the way, don't forget Boban. Yeah. Boban's a nice little piece in the Mavs. You say, how does this guy do this? And it doesn't always look as flashy per se as the American players. Yeah. But goddamn it works. Well, it's it's also it's just a skill thing. Like when you when you get that separate like what Luca does with his step backs, like when you get that separate it doesn't have to be fast. It doesn't have to be this lightning speed step back. But if you are if you have somebody going backwards and then you are able to even at half speed pull that ball back and take these big sidestep step aways, you're you just get the space, and then it's just a matter of hitting the shot. Yeah, you know that that's that's what makes you know Luca so hard to guard. That's what makes James Harden so hard to guard. And like you you look at guys like the on the Lakers, the the, the Danny Green types, a catch and shooter, bro. I'm just asking you to catch and shoot a wide open three. And you can't make one of them. I mean, what's hilarious is the back of his jersey says how many more. <laughs> oh, the memes. It's it's so funny. The memes. Uh, have people made the memes? Oh, the memes of how many more and then under it, threes am I going to miss? Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, Kyle Kuzma shot it off the side of the backboard. Yeah. What And, and I want to go back a little because... Uh, I, we talked about mellow before, and I'm just so sick of the mellow, like these people who are the mellow defenders. Kyle Kuzma, I, I think, was 5 for 14 for 14 points, and everybody's like, Kyle Kuzma's got to fucking step it up. Kyle Kuzma's got to help. Kyle Kuzma significantly outplayed Carmelo Anthony, but now we have to put a Carmelo Anthony apology letter out. Did he? Yeah. 5 for 14 for 14 points, 3 for 11, 11 points. At least Kyle Kuzma fucking half asses defense. This is my point, though. They're both trash. This is my point, though. They both played like trash. This is my point. Everybody in the world is going, Kuzma's got to step it up. Everybody in the world is going, we need, to, we need an apology from all NBA analysts about how Carmelo was, was you know, betrayed by the NBA. The bottom line with Carmelo Anthony is this. It took him seven full seasons and three teams to accept that his role is three and kind of D guy as the fourth option on a team. He laughed at the idea of coming off the bench, but he still wanted to be a pound the ball scorer. If you want to be a pound the ball scorer five years ago when you were long past your prime, then be that on the second team. Be the Lou Williams. Be the Jamal Crawford. No. He wanted to play on teams with way better talent than him in the Rockets and the Paul George Russell Westbrook OKC and and still be a pound-the-ball star. No. Go to the bench and score a bunch of points for the second team. Or, if you want to start, be the fourth option that occasionally hits a three. Well, then I think you should give credit. Stotts 
made it work with him as a coach. Okay. He was also out of the league entirely and was picked up literally off the scrap heap. So I think what also made him was going like— He was humbled. It, it's the Dwight Howard thing. I either have to play this role that I have refused to play for seven full seasons or no one's going to sign yeah. me. Because I came back to teams that wanted me to do this and I insisted on trying to still be mellow and they released me. So this is my role now. But also good for, yeah, Stotts and Lillard and McCollum and all the guys who are like, bro, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. But also I think he was just, again, it was like, it was this or fucking going to China. The Stefan Marbury route. Yeah. The Amari Stoudemire. You, it's like you knew what I wanted you to do. I mean, you're so worried about this. Well, res- res- Mil- Miller Lite refrigerator with a glossy cover on it that that you literally don't even plug in. You want to pay my electricity bill? No, I just want the Miller Lite fridge. You eyeing it, aren't you? Yeah. You don't even drink beer. Give me this Miller Lite fridge. Let me plug it in. Let me let me let it let me let it achieve its destiny. Density? Density. That 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 would be good with you, I will say. The Miller Lite that that Miller Lite fridge is it's an ideal Joe Prano fit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I was looking for a word, but we went with fit. Joe, I know you've been kicking back some Miller Lights as you enjoy the NBA bubble. I have been. You have it delivered right to your home. I do. I every literally I do it every time now. And this is my favorite part of the new normal. I don't I no longer run out of beer and go get beer. That's like that's such an antiquated idea. Sure. The up oh, we're out of Miller Lights. Time to walk down to the corner store and get no. When I have four Miller Lights left, I re up. And how do you re up? I go to MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports and I literally have it delivered to my door. It shows you where all the Miller Light is being sold near you if you wanted to leave, but in your instance, you don't even have to leave no. MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports right to your house. I have four left. I go to MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports. I keep drinking Miller Lights. By the time I have two left, it's already there. I have a two can buffer. It's beautiful. Perfect. Miller Lite, great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However you and your friends are enjoying Miller time this summer, you can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly, Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Guys, there's really no excuse. If you need some Miller Lite, if you don't want to leave your house, your apartment, wherever you're at, just go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports. I love it. I drink it while I watch the modern NBA. I order my beer in a modern way. There are guys out there going like, nothing's better than 90s basketball. Oh, I'm out of beer. Better put my shoes on and go get more Miller Lights. No. 
I'm watching step back threes, Luca triple doubles, Dame pulling up from half court. And every time Dame pulls up from half court, I go to MillerLite.com forward slash Dirty Sports and I order more Miller Lite. Before we move on from the NBA discussion, yeah. I do want to present something that I said in the comment section or the discussion on the Stakes app with the Dirt Balls. I think the NBA missed one thing in the bubble on not doing a hard knocks type reality show. How entertaining would that have been? I mean, in a sense, I agree with you. But I think that the NBA also was just being safe and careful. Sure. Le- less people in the bubble than, you know, no more people in the bubble than are needed. Even these announcing guys, the Chris Webbers and the guys who have been brought in for the playoffs, they just got there 10 days ago, started quarantining, and now are calling games. The NBA is the best product right now because they're smart about how to handle all this stuff. And... Yes, I agree with you. It would have been entertaining as hell, but also there's a whole crew involved. I wonder if they're doing footage which will later be released because I want to know what these guys are doing. I want to know when that game ends, especially. I just, I'm so curious. When the game ends, what's the life like for these players? Well, I think that, you Do know. Do they head back to their rooms? Yeah, probably. And and I and I mean I don't know I'm sure there's some sort of common areas I'm sure there's restaurants that they can go eat at and stuff like that but you got to remember there's four games going on every day in a row you look at a lot of these guys a lot of these guys I mean they're always tweeting they're always putting out there what everybody else is doing I think a lot of these guys are just watching these games well I figured that because Luca was tweeting about watching you know. Inside the NBA. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Like, on his days off, he's watching the games and then also watching the TNT crew. I mean, I think that these guys are... That's why the NBA is as good as it is today. All of these guys, you see it, steal from one another. And it it just ups the level of everybody's game. Um, And, you know, you're looking at... I saw somebody, I think it was Devontae Graham, saying... Now he's only practicing half-court pull-ups because he was watching Dame Lillard. It's like all of these guys see what each other do and and you know try to add it to their bag of tricks. I mean, it's not that long. It's you know we're we're ten years ago that we first, somebody first said the word Euro step. Yeah. Now if you can't Euro step, get out of the NBA. Sure. Are we going to talk about this Instagram? Model taught. I mean, sure. I because there's. I mean, we can do the whole thing, but I there's just one big question that I have every time I this story comes up. Um, but why don't you lay out the the headline? Well, this this woman supposedly claims, or she did claim, but that she. Gave oral sex to seven members of the Phoenix Suns. In Vegas. Do you want me to play the clip? I mean, sure. If you want. Sure, play the clip. I guess if there's people who have not seen this story. 
We don't need to play like the whole clip. It's pretty. I mean, we pretty much say what she says, except with, like, oh, there's like a bunch of them, and then they what, all, what? and then like you know, a well, bloom or whatever. Well, it's a minute long. It's not that long. This is this is this came out. This was in you know all the all the hot tabloids like Black Sports Online and some of the other trashy sites that uh, that I follow. Yeah. I mean, this is a wild story. On my birthday, my birthday is Memorial Day weekend. Uh huh. On my birthday, I seen them all at Dre's, like this one team. Okay. Okay, so Dre's is nightclub in Vegas, for reference. She's so shy. It's just so cute, <laughs> I know, baby. I'm like, and I don't know. I was getting fucked in a hotel room. They all pulled up, <laughs> and I sucked their. But then like down the whole team. Kind of- Seven. Seven basketball players in a row? Mm-hmm. How was that? <laughs> in a <laughs> row? I didn't fuck any of them, though. She said, what happened to the nuts? Swallowed. All of them? Yeah. And nothing happened? This guy. Like a, a weird... <laughs> uh, sorry, I have to ask a follow-up here. What happened to the nuts? Uh, uh, I got to play this next part real quick, too. Reaction in your stomach or anything? No, no, I passed this out. This sounds so fun. You're almost making out. it sound like you were too fucked up to be sucking seven dicks. And also, you were getting no. fucked by somebody else right before this? Yeah, they walked in <laughs> mid, me getting fucked. How did they walk the in? Where were you? In the hotel room. So I was fucking like someone that works with the team. And I know I know that team because I've hooked up with them before. The whole but they team all talks pulled about up. No, not the whole team. <laughs> okay. like, a few of them. They all just pulled up. They knew I was in there. And they were like, let's get lit. And they were just sitting around the bed. And they just rotated. Wow. Yeah. That's tough. So this is my like. Let's set aside this girl's life and her day to day, like, and let's even set aside face tattoo dork guy who wants to know where their nuts are all going. Like, I, bro, are you? The, or what are you? The nut commander? I think that was a legitimately good question, actually. Okay. He's just asking if she... What about the nuts? Well, how he phrased it, I would not have said. Yeah. I think that's an interesting question. Is she completing the act? Swallowing kids. Yeah. So let's set aside her whole existence, where she comes from, how this ended up being her day-to-day. Let's, let's leave the childhood trauma out of this. And let's talk about... Why you never want to have a daughter? No, let's talk about the Phoenix Suns. Do do you have a correlation between the underachievingness of the Phoenix Suns organization and the fact that these guys want to be the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh guy to get blown by a chick in the matter of minutes? You're so you're the kind of team that just goes hangs out and somebody's the fifth guy? To catch a blowjob from this girl? Well, I think... you got to have an attitude in the NBA that everybody is a star. Team bonding. you got to have an attitude that, like, I need... Like, I'm in the NBA. I'm a super stud. I can get a girl... That's going to just blow me it's, this night. It's not that, dude. It's You're looking at it from the wrong way. I don't think I am. I think you are. I think it is. I understand that at some point Carmelo Anthony has to accept the role that he is the fourth guy to get blown in any evening. But the seventh? Dude, I think in this situation it's uh, 
it's more of like a power trip with men and in a way degrading to this woman. I used to have that mindset. I'm not going to lie. That you wanted you and your friends to get blown by the same girl? That I to me, this is like do you remember the in the in the last dance where Jordan said he shows up to a hotel room and everybody's drinking and doing coke and he's like this ain't my scene. I'm out of here. I think if you're a star player in the NBA, you walk into that and you'll be like, uh, guys, uh, I know I'm the only all-star on this team, but I get my blowjobs alone. Have a great night. They're young. The rest of the bench guys are getting blown together. They're young kids. They're going to laugh about it later. I mean, I'm serious. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm understanding the mindset of someone in their 20s. I've been there. I, dude, I was in my 20s. Okay. I didn't want to sit around. Like, the, the, a 7 to 1 dick to vagina ratio is far too high for me. I've never been in that situation, but I mean, you hear about these things. I remember coming back from spring break. I remember the flight back from Mexico when I was 22 and about four or five guys from the Illinois state football team basically did the same thing to some girl at my school. And I remember them talking about it on the flight because we were all in the same group. And I remember being like, I understand that. Like, if I'm there, I'm probably partaking at that age. I mean, we're just different. That's fine. Yeah. But it's also, like I said, the psychological side, it's like this power degrading, oh, look at this girl, what a whore. Like, I'm not saying it's right, but that's that's the mindset. Oh, I'm going beyond I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's wrong, and I and I kind of think it's sad, and I actually think it's sadder for them than it is for her. They're in the NBA. She's setting some sort of a record. Where are the nuts? She's like, I took them all. Seven NBA players. Okay, this girl is this girl has some serious skill set. You know, she has a, a very specific set of skills. She's the Liam Neeson. She will find you, and she will suck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so good for her for being the John Rambo of sucking dicks. Okay? But to be the seventh guy that gets blown? You're in the NBA, dog. You're in Vegas. You you guys all eating the same sandwich? You know, I get it. You don't get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I do not. I do not get but, it. But you're you're also different than me in some of those areas. Like, like I was always in. You know, I was in a frat. Like, like, like it's just different. Again, it's a. I think it's a. It's a control power issue. I'm like to to me. I'm just like guys. I'm in the NBA, and I'm in Vegas. I'm trying to so have they, they, se- I'm trying to have sex with seven girls, not have one girl have sex with seven of them. But they all share the same girls anyway. But, they do. I know. How but many it, of the Kardashians and Jenners have hooked up with so many NBA players? I that's mean, a whole different. That's a whole different thing too. Or or other Instagram models. They're they're all Eskimo brothers, man. Can you even say that anymore? Cancel, cancel, cancel. 
Yeah, I just to me, I I I can't imagine being the seventh. It's like, hey, as soon as Devin's done, then we're out of here. <laughs> Who's the Suns coach? It was Al- Alvin it, Gentry. No, th- he was uh he was uh New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, it was. It is. It wasn't the guy. Didn't somebody take over late? Somebody took over midseason or Watson or something. I wonder if they're talking about this. <clears throat> well, I still haven't heard the Suns thing. Like Monty Williams. Right. I still haven't heard. I still haven't heard. Where? When did she say it was the Phoenix Suns? She said it on Instagram. I've been following this story closely. So then she goes on Instagram and she was like, it was the Suns, by the way? Yeah. And, and apparently her OnlyFans account which this one is funny, has blown up because of this story. So there's a guy there, now. So this is <laughs> a, the, so now there's a guy out there who's like, oh, she sucked the sun's dicks. I'm in for ten bucks a month. I don't even understand the the whole the whole concept of pay, like porn's free. Isn't that the best part of modern porn? But you're also not a porn guy. But but I'm saying, if I were, it's free, right? It is. Yeah. The OnlyFans account blowing up because of this. And now she's claiming there's video. Good. Put, put it out. I want to know who the guys are. I want to sell sell my stock in their careers. Did you see oh my god I saw I saw one tweet by the way without a doubt of all the sports my favorite twitter is uh is NBA twitter Oh yeah NBA twitter's the best I saw this tweet Where's the one Have you seen that picture of Devin Booker lying down It was so funny I have not Oh god I wish I had it here It's it's him lying down, and it was like Devin Booker waiting for his turn. You haven't seen this? I have not. All right. Well, I'll try to find it. Uh, you you put me onto this whole story, which I I don't know what I don't know who I'm not following that you're that you are following, <laughs> but I'm really glad. How the seven Suns players were waiting in that hotel room. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like after he maybe just took a charge or was fouled, he's lying on the court. NBA Twitter is the best. So yeah, we we had to get dirt. We had to get real dirty today on Dirty Sports. I just couldn't resist this story. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. Let's uh, let's move on to. Uh, some other some other crazy stories. But yeah, can we top that in craziness? I don't know. My- I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt. But what about the nuts? I'm going to start an NBA Twitter feed. What about the nuts? Well, we can move to my hometown, Cincinnati Reds, making the news. Yeah. For a few different reasons. Yeah, we're doubling down on the dirty sports portion of the show. The disaster, 
social media moments. R.I.P. Tom Brenneman's career. Yeah. We don't have to say. I think everybody knows what was said, right? But you want to hear something funny though? What? And, and, and you know, I used to get mad. Now you just now I just laugh. The, the dirt balls who think like we're gonna miss some of this. Oh yeah. And, and, you used to get really mad. And, and shout out! I'm gonna give him a shout out on the show because he's been a loyal dirt ball. Love the guy. Jay Lunsford DM Dirty Sports this morning. This morning. This morning. Tom Brenneman was a top five trend like this morning. Like. For it's like sending us a message this morning that Patrick Mahomes signed an extension. <laughs> this morning? Was Jay Lunsford in a coma yesterday? Did he just wake up to the news? Does he not know what day it is? Did he black out for 12 hours? Was, he getting his, was him and the rest of the crew, Clemson fans, all getting their dick sucked by the same woman last night? This morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I woke up, so I get up. I, I, I the, an hour after you're like, dude, I know, I have the internet. This morning, may as well be two years from now. I get up about my, my normal schedule time to get up now is about eight a.m. I check the dirty sports DMs. There was a DM with just the video link, and it's like, bro, he he was. Do you know how you know how big this got? Because the Democratic. Convention's going on, right? So uh, it was a, he DM Dirty Sports. Yeah. So he had to go to the Dirty Sports Twitter feed and click on the envelope to make you be able to DM somebody. Yeah. And didn't see the 11 tweets he put up about it? <laughs> I mean, we only put up the one joke you had about Marge shot, but obviously I had a few jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the Democratic Convention was going on. This is what I found crazy last night. All the trends were like NBA. As of like 11 p.m. last night, the third trend in the whole country was Tom Brenneman. Yeah. And I was like, geez. Is that why you call him Instagram tots, by the way? Because Tom Brenneman doesn't use the H? You're like, is it thought and Thom or is it tot and Tom? It's got to be. T- I know it's Tom Brenneman, so it must be, it must be IG tater tots. So what did Th- so Thom Brenneman was caught? He was on on Mike. He thought he was off air. He was off air, right? Because the clip they have is like obviously some be- background feed. And I don't know where that came from because that was not what aired live right. during. It, it, it seems like it was a feed that was happening in the truck or whatever. But you know what the thing is these days? Who leaked that? Well, yeah, but th- there's another thing these days where. With all of these uh, streaming services and all of the things, like Ooh, a lot yeah. of times when I watch stuff via, you know, the MLB app or the NBA app, depending on what, depending on what uh, feed it is, like sometimes they'll not show. Like, it, let's say if I watch the Reds broadcast here. They won't show me the Skyline Chili ads. They'll just be like commercial break in progress. Yeah. And then sometimes they come back early or late to things. Sure. So it could have been that or it could have been somebody in the, you know, the control truck being like, hey, uh, Thom's always been a bit of an asshole. Let's expose him for being also a homophobe. Yeah. So he... uh he dropped his slur. 
He dropped the second F word. Yeah. I don't have to play it. No. He referred to something as the F capital of the world. We don't know where, where he was talking about. But it was Reds, Kansas City. And he was basically, what's funny is he wasn't, he was basically kind of let go because of the social media firestorm. And they told him, they're the best part. The best part is they made him apologize on air during what, the second game of a doubleheader? Yeah. And then did he leave right after that? Yeah, so it leaks. I think I saw the first tweet around around five fifteen. So it, our time, and it seemed like it was a pre. It was, seemed like it was during the pregame for the first game. For the first game, but I don't think it leaked on Twitter until basically the second game. Until the started. second game, exactly. Yeah. And then the firestorm happens, and it was quick. Yeah, and then an hour after that. Yeah. He's issuing an apology on air during the second day. And I, you, we got to play the apology. I got to play the apology. So, yeah. So, like you said, this thing gains traction quick. So, they make him issue an apology on air, the second game of the doubleheader. And this is the most awkward. This will go down in history as one of the most awkward apologies. He's issuing the apology while also... also Calling a home run. Yeah. Which makes it so awkward. Myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. <laughs> and so that'll make it a four-nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm gonna be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's gonna be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck, for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio, for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that, uh, that could back that up. I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. 2-0 slider away. The rest of the way home. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, we have a tough – I mean, both in the same show. Talk about your awkward sidebars. We had – sorry, I hate to cut you off. What about the nuts? Followed by, I am a man of faith, Castellanos. <laughs> Sends one deep. It'll make it 4-0. I don't hate the LGBTQ community, but Castellanos hates that baseball, which is why he fired it over the left field wall. Well, look, obviously I'm from Cincinnati. I have listened to Thom for a long time. And his dad, Marty, who retired last year, a Hall of Fame broadcaster. Don't we have a Marty Brenneman bobblehead over there? We have a Marty and Tom. Oh, is it Marty and Tom together? We have Tom Brenneman on the... Oh, my God. Tom. Wow. The dual bobblehead. Tom. Tom, are you a bigot? <laughs> oh, Marty's <laughs> answering for him. <laughs> Look, 
he was very disliked by a lot of Cincinnati Reds fans. Suddenly they like him again. <laughs> I actually never had a problem with him. I'm in the minority as far as as an announcer. But now you have a problem with him, correct, Danny? Well, of course. He should be fired. He's suspended now. I don't know how you bounce back from this. I I disagree with everything he said when he said this doesn't represent who I am. Dude, if you're caught, if you're, this is what I'll say. If you're comfortable enough to say that. With a microphone in front of you. Then you say it a lot. Yeah. You do. Yeah. The idea of on air. He didn't, I've seen people say he didn't know he was on air. Who cares? He's in public. He's got a microphone in front of him. Forget even the microphone. Dude, you're at work. Yeah. You're at work. Yeah. You shouldn't say that in the break room. No. I'm not saying you should say it at home behind closed doors, but I'm saying if you live in a bigoted household and you're a bigot and you surround yourself with bigots, like, sure, I get that you have, I get that you, but like, this isn't even, this is like multi, multi-layered. Yeah, I agree. He's just also saying it in public. Just openly. Just it, He's just saying it. Openly. S- he was talking to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And he's been with Fox, I think, for 27 years. He's been doing NFL games for probably around that time. Will you be doing it anymore, Tom? He seems confused. Marty rolling over in his grave. I just don't know how you defend this. This is one of those... You always got to look at context and nuance, right? This isn't an old tweet, uh, a joke, like... The reference here is he's just blatantly saying a slur, like you said, on a microphone so nonchalantly. There's just no excuses around this. I just, I don't know but how... But let me just tell you the state of America right now. Somebody posted the video, and somebody underneath it wrote, you trying to get him canceled? He can say whatever he wants if he thinks the mic is off. And then somebody else, surprise, surprise, American flag in their bio was like, okay, so now people can get fired for incompetence? How very socialist. It's not incompetence. It's it's a derogatory slur. And I don't know what socialism has to do with it. but Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, he's not bouncing back from this. No. Unless the Shot family gets ownership of the Reds again. Yeah. Then I'll be put in their Hall of Fame. I'll be put in the Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that's a that's a that's a big yikes. That's an that's an oof bonanza. It almost it's so ridiculous. I dude, I must have listened to it ten times last night. I kept saying, This seems fake. Yeah. It's what is he talking about? It's so ridiculous, it's like something you'd see on South Park. Yeah. Or always sunny in Philadelphia. You know, I've heard somebody, uh, I think it was my manager who shared with me, there's claims that he was he was trying to reference like 
Blazing Saddles or something, but it's nowhere close to the quote from Blazing Saddles in regards to Kansas City. If that's even the loot, like if that's even what he's talking about, you can't you can't do horribly offensive quotes and get them wrong. There's there's just also you can't do horribly offensive quotes on in the at work. There's no justification. There's just no justification. End of story. What he said was wrong. There's no justification. You can't justify this. Plain and simple. And he's done. There's no way he retains any of these jobs. I'm gonna, I want to move them just so people don't think we're doing some sort of thom uh, <laughs> support show. People pull the clip and it's just... Tom, it's just us doing an episode with Tom Brenneman on the couch. What are these guys doing? A pro Brenneman show? Well, RIP Tom Brenneman's career. He's like, I am a man of faith. I think everybody who knows me, sorry, what about the nuts? Uh, everybody who knows me. I hate that, by the way. <laughs> the what, what is that? That's almost like this. Yeah, and also, if you're doing homophobic if you're saying homophobic things, maybe leave the fact that you're a man of faith out of it, considering generally the the religious folks in the world tend to frown upon the gay community. Maybe I, leave that out of your explanation. I don't even know what that means. I yeah. am a man of faith? Well, actually, you're not because a compassionate man of faith wouldn't say that. But there, there is a long history of his man of faith. You know, you, you've heard the saying when people say Jesus H. Christ. Yeah. He took that H. He put it in. His family put it in Tom. They were like, you're going to be Tom H. T.H.O.M. <laughs> well, at least the Reds won. That Bye game. forever. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. I know. At least the Reds won. And Trevor Bauer pitched a one hit. Complete seven inning doubleheader game and he had cool cleats to give away yeah that he didn't wear because the MLB threatened him or said they would find him he had he had some free Joe Kelly cleats you saw him right yeah they're pretty badass and he's gonna donate the money to the charity of Joe Kelly's choice I love it I love Bauer. Yeah. It's going to be tough to see him go. He is pitching amazing this year. He's basically on a one-year rental. No way the Reds re-sign him to a long-term deal. Do you think the Reds move him this year to capitalize on his value and get something back? I mean, it's still early, right? I mean, I guess we're third through the season. A third? Or are we halfway? This is, are we not like the mid-mark? I don't know, because some teams have played seven games and some yeah. teams have played twenty-five. Yeah. Well, it's a no. You might be right. We might be more closer to the third. No, we might be close. We're a little over a third of the season. Okay. I don't want them to trade him. I still have this, this false hope that they can sign him. Yeah, the Yankees are sixteen and eight. So 25. Between, yeah, 25. 25 is 60. So we're, we're between a third and a half. 
we're at three eighths. Yeah. We got to talk about this to tease unwritten rule bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with the unwritten rule bullshit with the tease is there's there's actually not really. I don't even know the unwritten rule that people are referencing, to be totally honest with you. So the story is, uh, and this is a couple days old now, but this is our first episode. I think this happened on Monday. Um, Fernando Tatis and the Padres up 7-3. No, what was the score? 10-3 at the time? Yeah. 10-3 on the Rangers. Bases loaded. Tatis has a 3-0 count, supposedly misses or disregards a take sign, swings 3-0, hits a grand slam, 14-3. People are butthurt about it, specifically the Rangers. They're butthurt about it. But then his own manager manager gets in on it. Correct. So let, let let me break this down from a couple of things. First of all, Seven runs is not a blowout. It's not a blowout. This is not where you start running base to base. This is not where you don't take a base on a pass ball. This is not where maybe you stop stealing. Maybe. But even that seven runs is not a blowout. Seven runs is two good swings of the bat. You could you could literally give up eight runs with the team swinging the bat two times. You could walk the bases loaded, hit a grand slam, walk the bases loaded, hit a grand slam. You're two swings away from a tie baseball game. Proven by the fact that Tatis had seven RBIs on two swings. Seven runs is not the number. 12 runs, 13, we're talking about a whole different thing. Seven runs is not a blowout, okay? Also, the 3-0, like I'm not swinging through, that's, that's not even an unwritten rule I know of. That you're not swinging 3-0 if you're up a certain number. The only thing that Fernando Tatis has to apologize for is to his manager about disregarding a take sign or missing a take sign. And it's the same thing. Like, when I would coach, I don't care if you missed it or if you disregarded it. It's the same level. I don't care that your gas pedal was broken or that you're speeding on purpose. You're speeding. You get a ticket. When you, when I am coaching you, if I give you a take sign, you listen to me. And it doesn't matter what the situation. You don't need to know why I think you should take. That's my job is to decide when you should take. Now, if there's a situation in baseball where I give a guy a take sign and he steps out and he gives me a look and I give it to him, he wants to confirm, I'll give it to him again. But you have committed the same crime by disregarding it as you did by quote unquote missing it, which you hear all the time from baseball players. That's I missed it. Well, guess what? You're, then you're incompetent. It's not that hard. Okay. You miss a sign, you blow a sign on my team. That that was one of the, I would say, five cardinal sins. 
Do not do that. Do not miss a sign. So, but but in the, in that sense, that is something the, where the manager then fucks up is that is a conversation for your clubhouse. That is not a conversation for the press. That's a conversation. You read him the riot act in your locker room, and you say, "Dude, did you miss it? Did you blow it on purpose?" You have to listen to my signs. That's the thing. We're not going to talk about this. But the idea of not swinging 3-0 because this game is out of hand is so ludicrous. Well, this is my take. Baseball is so far behind from an entertainment perspective, from a fan perspective, from a young fan perspective, because of the unwritten rules. I'm just going to say it. It's antiquated all the unwritten rules it's it's the get off my lawn guy that's what baseball is they are all i I hate these unwritten what the fuck does that mean oh you can't do this the un but every sport has it the only sport that ever uses the term unwritten rules is major league baseball when do you ever hear that term in the nba or nfl I mean, you don't hear it used as much, but there are there's unwritten rules in all sports. Like there are things that you don't do. There are things that you don't, you know, like baseball has so many of them, Joe. They do. But this but I, I disagree again with the idea that this is even an unwritten rule issue. I know, but I'm taking it a step further. I am arguing the whole concept of an unwritten rule. Is rubbish. Well, baseball has a lot of them, but the the majority of it isn't re- like the majority of unwritten rules is sportsmanship. It's sportsmanship. You don't run up the score. You don't whatever. Like sure it, in basketball, if you're up forty, you don't shoot threes. You don't leave James Harden in. Oh, we're gonna like look at the look at the Golden State Warriors. Games when they were when they were killing it, and Clay Thompson's got sixty in the third. They weren't like let's let him go for a hundred. But those are never referred to as unwritten. But it rules. is an unwritten rule. But baseball does have so many, so many. You can't flip your bat. You can't do this. It's like guys. But but again, there's self policing things in baseball. And uh, 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 my my problem is even bringing up this the the issue of unwritten rules. This isn't it. And honestly, it's a bitch move on the Rangers' part to claim it is. You were down seven runs. It's a totally reasonable. We went to a baseball game last year where the Mets blew a seven-run lead in the ninth inning. Yeah, it's not an unreasonable number. It is so ludicrous. And and honestly, the argument that like I know I've heard a lot of it, like this is why baseball is not fans. People talk about this shit more than they talk about anything when it comes to baseball. Bat flips and not written rules and whatever. No one's ever like, did you see that bat flip? I can't wait to watch the next baseball game. People watch baseball games now because of this shit. I, I don't think so. I think this is why baseball doesn't have fans because of this stuff. You think anybody's seeing the bathroom going, man, I can't I gotta watch that next game, see if he does it again. 
again, to, to me, baseball is stuck in the... Uh, when Joe Kelly comes back and they play the Astros, people are going to watch that shit. I agree. But baseball is also stuck in the dial-up modem internet. They haven't embraced... No, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, they they they, you know, disable your account if you share baseball clips still. Like, you know, you talk about NBA Twitter is the best Twitter. MLB Twitter isn't even, even a thing because you're not allowed to share MLB clips. The only clips MLB will let you share is if one of their announcers throws out a homophobic slur pregame. Then you can run with that all day. I just, my problem is... It, that that this this is this story itself is like now you're now you're ruining the now now you can't even have your unwritten rules because you're pulling out the unwritten rules card when there is no unwritten rules. seven runs is nothing the Rangers are soft as shit the only thing the only person Fernando Tatis owes an apology is his manager and that should happen behind closed doors but the manager's also he was soft. He soft out. Read him the riot act in your clubhouse. There is no historical baseball significance that says seven runs, we take the, our foot off the gas. And there's no unwritten rule about swinging 3-0. And if you don't want to have a guy hit a, a tit off you, don't groove him one when he's the major league leader in home runs and yeah. has already hit one off you that day. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. This one is ridiculous. I'm an unwritten rules guy in certain regards because the majority of them are about sportsmanship. If he disregarded a take sign or if he missed it, then fucking bench him tomorrow and be like, nobody's bigger than this team. You're benched. You're not playing. And Or, or don't do it tomorrow. Do it two days from now. When the story's over and they go, why is Tatis sitting? And I go, he's getting a day off. When really I'm going to his locker, I'm going, we don't fucking disregard take signs. Well, you know what's an unwritten rule that I want to see is that if you're on a team and a girl is providing oral sex, you stop at four. <laughs> yeah. You don't go to seven. I mean, here's, a, here's the rule in baseball, okay? If you got a game... And the, the number of run differential between the team leading and the team losing is not more than the number of dicks of <laughs> NBA players that one girl can suck in one night in a Vegas hotel room. The game is not at a the game is not a blowout. Fair. The game is not a blowout yet. You get to eleven, that's a different story. Sure. Seven? Seven's not seven what about the nuts? Well, it's true. If a girl can Blow seven dudes in a Vegas hotel room. A team can come back from seven runs. Exactly. NBA players, too. Not just regular dicks. Yeah, NBA dicks. Big old dicks. What about the nuts? <laughs> what oh. about the nuts? All-time question. What about I the love nuts? that he felt like he had to stop her story. Before, hold on. Before you continue, what about the nuts? <laughs> I want that dude. Can we title this episode, What About the Nuts? I want that dude to be 
the guy asking the questions or the moderator at the presidential debates? Yeah. Who is that guy? It looked like a podcast. I had a face tattoo. NFL is just three weeks away from today. It's crazy. Three weeks from today. It's crazy. Kansas City Chiefs hosting the home opener against the Houston Texans. Just three weeks from now. So the Chiefs said they will allow 15,000 fans. Okay. I have no, I, I don't even know where to go here. And they're going to show up, and there'll be a line around the corner for tickets. So, so this is where we're at. I, I just, I just want to do an update on the whole fan situation. So the Chiefs will allow 15,000 fans in about a 70,000-seat stadium. Colleges are now revealing their— This will be—this is at their home. This is game one of the NFL. Arrowhead. In, in Kansas City. Correct. Tom, what do you think about that? <laughs> Tom, what do you think? Where is this game? In Kansas City, Tom. I get One of the barbecue capitals of the yeah. world. Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> All right. 15,000 fans. 15,000 fans wearing rainbow T-shirts and Native American headdresses, according to Tom Brenneman. So this is where we're at. They're going to allow 15,000. The SEC has started to unveil what they're going to allow. So Bama said they'll allow twenty percent in their stadium, and th- their stadium's got to be eighty thousand, right? Like a hundred thousand. Yeah, but no tailgating, and and all the SEC schools are doing this. And I just want to say, it goes back to what we said last episode, guys. College football with no tailgating is not college football. It's just not. So if you go to University of Alabama, or if you're a resident in Tuscaloosa, or anywhere else. In Bama. You tell me, what is the experience of going to a Bama home game if you can't tailgate? There's not. Look, I'll I'll take it one step further. Like, with the quality of the product that the NFL provides on television, who's going to a game in Kansas City where they can't tailgate? Yeah. I don't know if they're going to allow it. I go to NFL games to tailgate and because I get a pretty sweet hookup in terms of like, you know, I go to I go to for the IG clout of standing on the sidelines. Otherwise, it's a better experience on TV. Yeah. If my tickets weren't front row, if my tickets were third deck, I'm not going. We we want it so badly. Basketball, different story. We haven't earned it. Yeah. Like I like I don't know. It's it's just. It's uh, uh, again. If you can't tailgate, but you can sit in this, I don't know. It's just I I'm just trying to understand. The logical side of this, and it doesn't seem to make sense. And I agree. If I can't tailgate, and I don't even drink anymore, that's so important for the football experience. All my great memories of games have been involved tailgating. Some of my memories of not even making it into the game 
tailgating, just yeah. getting lit. Yeah. We, but I mean, when we were at Lehigh, and granted, it's not Alabama or the Kansas City Chiefs, but I'd say 50-50 if I went down to the football stadium, I actually ended up going into the game versus just going home. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can remember multiple road trips where I was in at a college campus to see a game. Like Notre Dame. I remember the same thing happened in Iowa State, Kansas State. I was in Ames out like where I'm getting I'm having so much fun in the tailgate. I'm like, fuck the game. This is great. Yeah. There's a new Monday night football crew. Yeah. It's it's actually not that bad a crew, I think. I like the crew. Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy. I like Lewis Riddick. I like Brian Greasy. Brian Greasy had a a decent career. Brian Greasy, you know, from a football family. Uh, his dad did Monday Night Football for a while, didn't he? I think he was college football. Okay. Or was he Monday Night? I, I don't know. He did. I think he did do Monday Night Football for a minute. Um, I like Steve Levy. There was a lot of talk for a while, like, that they were going to do. They, they were really going to try to get wild, you know. Um, it was going to be Chris? Bo- Booger and Cr- Dan Orlovsky. Chris Wild. Yeah, it was going to be Chris Wilde and Booger and Dan Orlovsky. Um, Chris Wilde somewhere in the middle there on Football Knowledge. Uh, and I'm just like, I'm, I kind of like that they went straight down the middle. I'm like, they got a good solid broadcaster who's not trying to bring too much to the table in terms of like, you know, being a personality. Like Steve Levy's just, boom. You know, he's a meat and potatoes guy. He's driving in the right lane. Yeah, I like him. I he think puts he's... his blinker on mile, mile and a half early. I think Levy's been great. I yeah, Lewis Riddick, I think is he's good, outspoken and and knowledgeable. There was talk of him becoming a, like a GM for a team there for a minute. And Greasy again, like there's more to his career than you know some of these like the the going for like the lesser known guys who like try to do the social media thing. Versus the Drew Brees type, like oh, we're just gonna get somebody with no experience whatsoever and bring them in just because they're a big name. Like I feel like Greasy is right down the middle between those two. Yeah, I like it. I think I think it's a safer hire, but it's a good, efficient hire. It's much better than the previous team. Yeah. Much better. Although I'm going to miss... I think having broadcast experience goes a long way. And and all of these guys do. I'm going to miss Booger for the memes, for the jokes, yeah. for the Boogerisms. Now that's a football. What they're going to do is they're going to use that to play the game. Yeah. When a guy runs in the end zone, that means he scored a touchdown. That's six points. Now, if he gets the kick, we should do we should do Booger Monday Night Football quote or Magic Johnson tweet. That should be the next game. <laughs> that would be a good game. Booger or Magic, just Captain Obvious. Yeah, you want to get us some calls? Sure, let's do it. If you guys want to call, the hotline is 310-359-8365, and uh, we'll get to some calls today. 
Can I uh, can I lead us off before you press play on one? Sure. Because you know, there's a lot of different ways to get into our calls. Uh, if you send us great DMs, uh, we'll usually answer them. But one of the surefirest ways to make it into the question section is to send your question via Venmo, uh, along with a donation. So Starly Summer, newer dirtball, uh, sent me this question via Venmo. I answered it via Venmo. Not realizing he was wanting it to be uh, asked on the show. And then he goes, yeah, ask Ruther tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So his question was, if the Raptors win the title this year, does that lock up Kyle Lowry as a Hall of Famer? To which I responded, if Kyle Lowry is the MVP, is the finals MVP, and they they won back-to-back titles, and the rest of his career, which has been pretty strong, it's he's got a strong case. If they just win another title, I got to see the rest of his career play out. He's all NBA one time. Yeah. I'm going to say no. If, if they win this year and he's the finals MVP, you don't think he's, he's, he's starting to build a strong case? If, if that happens, yeah. Yeah. He's building a strong case then, in my opinion. If they just win the title, now I need I need I need more Kyle Lowry high level play for for years to come. But Kyle Lowry, in my opinion, is Hall of Famer for dad bod. The body on Kyle Lowry, and to be such a great athlete as he is, yeah, he's just stocky. He does have a little dad bod action, bro. Does he have any muscle? Uh, you know, it's been a strong case for the Kyle Lowry Hall of Fame induction. How about the clips that have been coming out? I know, I know, Blue Lives Matter, Andy. So take it easy before you jump on me. But the clips that came out of the uh, of the shithead officer after the Raptors won in Oakland last year, shoving uh, the president of the Toronto Raptors repeatedly. And then suing him, uh, Kyle Lowry coming over with a with a we over here. I mean, you got to watch the whole clip from the Kyle Lowry standpoint. It's pretty awesome. He basically goes and saves him from you know police brutality. You've seen the clip. You know what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah, I haven't seen the full clip. Okay, so I saw him shoving. What's his name? Ms. M- yeah, it's always fucking. I'm not going to do it because I'm yeah, going to butcher it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, By the but, way, one of the best GMs in the game. Yeah, president of basketball operations for the Raptors. Um, yeah. So the guy shoves him twice. See, and then Seen that. And then, and then swears at him. And then swears at him. And then sues him yeah. saying that he was assaulted, literally saying he can't work because he's like mentally yeah. hurt. His wife... Also, part of the lawsuit, she's trauma. She's been traumatized by this incident. Well, I think Charles Barkley said it best last night. We live in such a sue-friendly nation that, and he made a good point. If you have any sort of money or any sort of prominence, people are ready to sue you. Yeah, and if you are suing via a police union, that'll back. Yeah. You assaulting somebody as you being assaulted, go for it. It's worked a million times before. And the idea that they – did you see that his police department backed his lawsuit? 
even after the body cam footage was released? It's unbelievable. Well, it's, and I don't want to get into that, but it is one of the biggest problems with police right now is the unions and the strength that they have, which is similar, I would argue, in a lot of professions. The unions have way too... In my opinion, they need to be deunionized. Well, again, you know, and we've talked about this a lot on air and off air, you know, the whole like bad apples thing. Okay, but if you're in that guy's police department and you're not speaking out and saying he's a piece of shit and what he did was wrong, then you're an asshole and you're culpable at any level. If you're a fucking parking, if you're a meter maid and you're not going, yeah, I'm in the same police department as that guy. He's a bully. He's a shithead. He should be fired. Then you're an asshole. Because that's the problem. Everybody wants to talk about defund the police and this and that and all this. The problem is shitty people exist in every industry, in every business. Okay? But Tom Brenneman got caught saying some shit on air and Fox was like, you're apologizing during this doubleheader and we're firing you. They're not like, we stand by everybody that works at Fox. But to take it one step further about Tom Brenneman in regards to what we're discussing. There probably were multiple incidents before that right. where he did say something shitty or inappropriate or offensive and nobody said, dude. Because it wasn't out. Come on, man. Right. You shouldn't be talking like that. Yeah. But but Kyle Lowry stepping into that situation was also awesome. You got to watch the whole clip. Because I'm not going to paraphrase what he says. But watch the full unedited clip of Kyle Lowry going to pull him out of that situation. All right. Well, let's get to uh, let's get to our first call today. What's up, boys? This is Landon calling in from Nashville. Um, I apologize in advance to Andy because this call is going to be long as shit. But he needs to get over it because I just had an epiphany. And it's awesome. It's a plan that I thought of about how to fix the NCAA and the development of athletes in America? The answer is easy. You just need to copy the European soccer youth academies. So basically, the New York Giants would have their own high school with a few hundred students who are all great athletes. It would be a high school for every NFL team, and since the NFL makes a fuck ton of cash, they would probably be the best schools in the country. That way, if you don't make it into the NFL having gone to their high school, you would have the best possible education to, I don't know, maybe get into college, I guess. And there would still be the NCAA. They would still get great athletes with guaranteed pedigree. There would be star players, late bloomers, the draft, and everything we still have. But the broadcasters win because we'd have that Nashville, the National High School fucking football league. I don't know. So there's just more ad money. People have more things to watch on TV. The NCAA still gets good athletes, and every Midwestern dad still has a reason to get up in the morning. The NFL wins by getting better chances at cheaper, homegrown players, and that adds narrative. And the student athletes win by actually having to go to class and being in better environments than they probably would have grown up in anyway. So... Let me know what you guys think. Just had an epiphany about it. Thought it was awesome. Uh, stay dirty. So I kind of like it. There's some flaws. Basically, this is the AAU basketball situation. This is AAU basketball. It doesn't have anything to do with their schools, but 
basically in every area, they put together what are essentially NBA and college basketball development programs. And then a lot of times, you know, on the best AAU programs, there is somebody that is helping them sort out their school and, you know, try, you know, basically achieve as people so that their their basketball talent so that there's less red flags about them as people. Um and it's a cesspool for grifters and a ton of people get involved. I just think the idea of rolling this what basically what he's saying is turn high schools into college football. <laughs> yeah. I don't think rolling this back a couple of years in age is the right answer. I understand that it works as a European developmental system uh, for soccer, and I think that's why it's more suited for a basketball, which is basically what AAU is. And if they, And if they policed AAU better and they kept the con men and the grifters who are just trying to, like, you know, sink their teeth into future athletes, uh, it would be a far better system. But football, but or what I should say is basketball, like soccer, like baseball, you can kind of see these guys developing at a very young age. You can see the LeBron James at 16 is going to be in the NBA. When's the last time we heard of the number one high school football recruit goes on to be the number one football player in America in the college and goes on to be the MVP in the NFL. It's a very, very different system and a very big jump going from high school football to college football, college football to the NFL. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback that we have seen appear in the NFL in a long time. Why wasn't Patrick Mahomes the quarterback at Ohio State, at SC, at wherever? Like, I have a feeling Texas Tech was one of the better schools that recruited Patrick Mahomes. And he couldn't have been more of a sure thing. You know what I mean? Uh, so I just think that there's some flaws in this theory, especially as as it in regards to football. Especially, you look at football, how many of the guys, every single great NFL wide receiver was the quarterback of their high school football team. Every, all that shit gets worked out at the next level. They I, go to college, they find their real position, they go to the NFL. Like, I think what you can do with college, you could ultimately make it a club sport. I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's a there's a lot of options. You could say, I play for the Alabama Crimson Tide club football team. You could also set up a system where you can get paid if you don't go to the school, but you play for the club team. I but, just I I think he's got the right theory, but I think it should just remain in college, and these schools where no one goes to school. Just make this separate that from the university. Yeah. The Alabama Crimson Tide is a semi-pro football team that plays in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They have a stadium set up. And guess what? All the people that go to the University of Alabama can go support it because they're not going to watch their pro team play. So, great. 
It shouldn't have anything to do with the university. All right, well, let's get through a couple more of these Smoke calls. Smoke a little bit more weed. Iron out that idea there. Uh, what was his name? I forget. Sorry. <laughs> Short-term memory loss from smoking weed. And you, and you also <laughs> deleted it, but that's all right. Once, it, once you delete it, it's gone forever. For Bye forever. Ever. Good morning, Joe and Andy. I'm Tyler from Grand Forks, North Dakota, born and raised in Houston, Texas. I was just wondering, with uh, all the criticism of Astros fans right now, how would you guys react as fans and host of this show if, say, the Reds or Mets got caught for cheating and were as successful previously as the Astros and reacted and got punished the same as the Astros? Just wondering, guys. Uh, love the show, and condoms are for the MLB season right now. Thank you. You just got to own it, man. That's, that's all I ever want is is honesty and transparency for anything in life. Just own it. You cheated. You lied. Just own it. And, and, and as a fan, that's what I would do. I'd say, look, man, we, we cheated. It's a tainted World Series. I think that, you know, the example of the Astros, like, you know, Patriots have the yourteamcheats.com that they're running probably on Patriots servers and whatever. Like, I get that there is some validity to every team cheats in some regard. But the Astros is an example of above and beyond. You have a system in place. We're not just stealing signs. We're not just sign stealing is a part of baseball. We're not just whatever. We're talking about technology. We're talking about whatever. As a Mets fan, if the Mets got caught stealing signs and we won a World Series as a, one of the world's biggest homers, uh, okay. If technology was involved and they're using a camera and they've got a laptop and a whole desk area set up in the dugout, in the clubhouse and tunnel, and now there's a stick that's being used to hit things to alert it's just so over the top that you just to not own it is to be a shithead and that and that and the same thing goes you know we we brought i just brought up the patriots yes as a standalone situation deflate gate was overblown but deflate gate was overblown because they had a history of cheating Take, we like Tom Brady has Andy Ruther baby hands and likes a football not as inflated, especially when it's cold. Okay, this isn't four-game suspension. This isn't loss of draft picks. It's the history of cheating and the blatant disregard for the rules of the game which made that an issue. So it's all a matter of, like, the circumstance. But also, the bigger problem of the fan who doesn't want to admit when their team cheated or did something wrong, it's a microcosm of kind of, in my opinion, where we're at as a society of just admitting when we're wrong or looking in the mirror. People people don't want to ever critique themselves or things they like 
and and I think that that is the problem of a situation like this. People don't want to say, "Man, I I really liked this person or this team, and and they really messed up," and they don't want to just face that, right? Just like we don't want to do that with ourselves. And you're not you're not improving, like you're you're not maturing as a human if you can't admit when you're wrong. And also, I think that, you know, these things, you have to look at it as one guy did something, and obviously that's part of a team teething, or, again, a systemic organizational approach to cheating. Yeah. I fucking hate the Dodgers fans that defended Chase Utley. But the sign-off for Dirty Slides isn't fuck the Dodgers. It's fuck Chase Utley. Because Chase Utley, as a human garbage person, decided to do what Chase Utley did when he was in Philly, when he was in L.A., when he was in college, when he was in high school, was to be a garbage person and go out of his way to hurt somebody. That's different than having an organizational plan to cheat. So if you're like, how do you defend that? Equipment was purchased. <laughs> Plugs were put into the wall. Cameras were set up. Well, we're just, it's because we're blinded by our fandom. And it's, it's the same, you see it in politics all the time. I mean, you really do. You say, well, I always vote Republican. So no Republicans can do wrong. I always vote with the guy next to a D next to their name. It's the same shit. It's like we don't want to see truth anymore, even though we have all the tools to see everything. To answer his question, if the mess did that, it's it's hard to it's hard to defend. Well, you can't. You just can't. You can't. You're and you're kind of a garbage person if you do. It's like I don't defend Pete Rose. Gambling, but that's a Pete Rose issue. It's not a Reds issue. What I defend is that baseball's done everything else, yeah, hypocritically, yeah, and he's still banned. That's what I. That's kind of what I defend. Yeah. Time for one more call. Yeah. Seems like we got two left. Andy, why don't we just do two? Uh, he he wasn't sure about. That last one. Okay. He wasn't... He, he wasn't sure if it's show-worthy? Well, he reached out to me personally. Okay. I was like, oh, don't play those. Okay. And I almost wanted to troll and play those. Okay. But we'll start off with this one. Okay. Or will we? <laughs> Skype does this sometimes. Oh, are they? Where it just spins. You can do it, Skype. You can do it. Come on, Skype. You can do it. I'm going to refresh the page. Maybe that'll work. Come on, Skype. You can do it, Skype. Skype, too busy hiding the COVID vaccine. Do you want to get to this other call that I was debating? I mean, if one won't play, will the other one play? Maybe. All right. 
So this is from our good buddy CT, Hall of Fame Dirtball. This is in response to who took a dump in the porta potty on Hard Knocks. You didn't watch Hard Knocks this week yet. I have not watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet either. We'll come back. We'll come back next week with it back to back. Both these calls made me laugh. Yeah, two of them. And I think it's because they were just so inappropriate. Okay. But I was like, dude, I gotta play these. All right. The first one. I mean, it's kind of hard to hear too, because I know he works in the middle of nowhere now. Yeah. But I'm gonna play it if it'll work. It's always so, driving. CT, formerly in Seattle, lifelong Seattle Kraken fan. Giving you a call. I want to talk about shit gate 2020. You guys are arguing about making shit support money. I'm with Joe. You got to shit where you got to shit. If I got to take a shit, I'm going to take it in the port potty. I'm shitting plenty of porter potties. Not the most ideal situation, but there's toilet paper in there. A lot of them have hand sanitizer now. Worst place I've ever taken a shit. On top of the school roof. We were hanging out, drinking in high school, way back in high school. Let's take a shit. Mine's on the roof. Took a shit. Use socks. Wipe off. Yeah, go sockless after that. But there's a porter potty there. Definitely using that. Uh, where's the weirdest place? No, don't use this call. It's terrible. <laughs> what do you say? Don't use this call. It's terrible. I just love that he confessed to taking a dump on the school roof, on his high school school roof. What did he wipe with? And but I think he said a sock. Okay. And he goes sockless, which I've done. I did that at Randall's Island. Uh, but my question is, were you locked on the roof? Was this some sort of like? Uh, you know, Shawshank Redemption situation where you were all up on the roof and there was some armed... Go into the school. The, You're standing on top of it, 100 toilets. It's probably post-school hours and it's locked. I just think the idea of... How do you get up on the school roof post-school hours? A I ladder? Know. He's taking a crap on the school roof. Is yeah. that's, That is savage. Savage. Worst place... Where's the worst place you've ever gone to the bathroom? Worst? I don't know. He he. His other call, he asked because he had heard that the Port Authority is one of the worst places. Yeah. I was going to say, actually, Penn Station in New York is one of the worst places I've ever gone to the bathroom. Uh, multiple. I've gone in multiple. Tri- I've gone in Port Authority. I've gone in Penn Station. I've gone in Grand Central Station. Penn Station might have been the worst. That was like back in the day when they, they weren't even like trying. That was a horrible place. I've gone in some bad porta potties. California beach bathrooms. Oh yeah, are horrific. Oh yeah, I've gone in a couple of those. The worst ones are like up in Malibu, up in Topanga, wherever they don't have doors. Oh yeah, you got to go no door. You got to okay. go doorless. I've had to do that. The doorless metal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jail bathroom. Those ones are bad at the beach. I've had to do those. That's a good point. I forgot about that. I mean, if you're willing to go to the bathroom in an L.A. City beach bathroom, the idea of going to a porta potty is a joke. I crafted in a lake once. Yeah, I mean, I've gone in the ocean. Uh, I was at I was at like a party in Kentucky, <laughs> and I just I'm swimming naked in the lake, and I had to shit, and I just shat. I had a terrible hangover beer coffee explosion once while I was surfing with Pizza Starro and Guy Fiorita. We were teaching. I've told the story on the kooks numerous times, but we were teaching. I told Guy to stay near me 
while while we were giving him like a pseudo surf lesson. And then I just I had to go. I tucked into this little wave at the end. And when I bent down, I was like, uh-oh, dove off, board shorts off, started just going in the ocean. And I was like, guys, stay away. Stay. He's like, I thought you said stay close. I was like, get back. <laughs> Oil spill. I bet New York City has the worst spots. I've also gone in like rock and roll style, like Lower East Side bathrooms where it's like spray paint and gum and like a door hanging on by a th- one nail. And my buddy went. That's where you just got to do the squat and pray. Yeah. My buddy went because Mardi Gras is big in St. Louis. So you talk, oh, porta potties. But we're talking porta potties with. During Mardi Gras. During, thou- you know, 100,000 people. Yeah. My buddy went one day. We have never let him live Vomit. this down. Yeah, exactly. My buddy went. He had something going on. He hit the porta potty. Not once, not twice. He shot. I mean, after twice, you got to go home for that's the night, e- guy. That's ex- what are you? Who that, are that's you? That's exactly You're the seventh what- guy getting a blowjob on the sun. Like what? Wh- Call it a night. That's what wh- about the nuts? That's what we've said to him forever. Go home. At one, you're like, oh, something's up, but I think I'm good. Two, it hits you. You just call, you got to tap out. He went three times in a porta potty during Mardi Gras. We're like, dude, you, why didn't you just hop? This is like this is hop like, on the this, train. This is like three standing eight counts in a box match. It's like, bro, you're gonna have brain damage. Yeah. Just call it a day. Yeah. Throw the damn towel. Look. I know you want to drink and see girls showing their tits, but bro. But bro, at what at what price? <laughs> Throw the damn towel. The hotline is 310-359-8365. We'll try to get to that call. That's your call, Makai. We'll try to get to that call uh, next episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. If you have an air conditioning unit, please send it to me. <laughs> Just open the damn window. At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on Venmo, Fix Your Life on Twitter, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Support me and the Dirty Sports by going to MillerLite.com forward slash Dirty Sports. Uh, this is, we earned the dirty title on this one today. Yeah, this is a dirty episode. Yeah. So, while you're out there, you know, stay safe, stay clean. But what about the nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Have a great weekend, dirtballs. Enjoy the bubble. Enjoy Instagram models. If you're if you're a Phoenix Suns player, yeah. your season's over. Yeah, get tested. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Not for COVID, for something else. Have a great weekend, guys. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>